Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Welcome to Special Edition. A weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, if you know someone interested in a career in law enforcement, there's a new program to check out. We'll also be celebrating with the Edwardsville Warrior Tree Project and getting ready for Thanksgiving. The 46th Friends of the Poor Thanksgiving Dinner and 36th Family to Family Program coming up this week. We'll tell you where you can get in the Christmas spirit and help the community. And starting us off, you won't want to miss the Scranton Jazz Festival Big Band performing Swingin' Jazz Nutcracker Suite. Maestro Marco Marcinko has your invitation. Marco, you're here, and of course, there must be music in the air, and this time it's very exciting, and it's something that... I never would have thought about a swinging jazz nutcracker. Oh, please explain. <laughs> Paula, first of all, thanks for having me and really appreciate your love for music and your interest in this uh, latest endeavor by the Scranton Jazz Festival Big Band. This is the Swinging Jazz Nutcracker Suite, which is the music of Tchaikovsky, of course, and the famous ballet, Nutcracker Ballet. But the arrangements are by the amazing Duke Ellington, Billy Strayhorn, and Shorty Rogers. The bulk of the uh, arrangements are by Shorty Rogers, who was a great West Coast jazz musician back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. He did a lot of TV and film work as a composer, but he had his own uh, groups and his own style of writing and arranging. And uh, we're honoring uh, his arrangements with this Swing and Jazz Nutcracker Suite. So that's going to happen on November 27th at the Ritz Theater in downtown Scranton on Wyoming Avenue. And uh, if you're not familiar with the Ritz Theater, it's quite a remarkable place that's been restored from its Art Deco days way back in the uh, early days of Scranton. And uh, they're doing a wonderful job there, uh, Mike and Sherry Melcher. So we're happy to be performing this for the second year in a row at the Ritz Theater, uh, Wyoming Avenue, and RitzPacPAC.com is the uh, website for tickets and information. Well, I had the opportunity to talk to the Melchers when they had their uh, ribbon-cutting ceremony back in the summer, and mm -hmm. delightful, and they have so many great things that are happening there. So congratulations and kudos to them for hosting this. Now, what's the story? I, okay, jazz musicians. Well, we know about jazz musicians, Marco. They don't leave anything alone. They always like to get involved right. in something else. So what's yeah. the story behind the swinging Jazz Nutcracker? Well, 
uh, it's an interesting story, a little piece of jazz history. In around, uh, it was around 1951 when Shorty Rogers happened to be working on uh, his version of Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker. And at the same time, Duke Ellington was also doing the same thing. And uh, from what I understand, Duke Ellington being an East Coast musician, Shorty Rogers being a West Coast musician, I do not think either one of them knew in 1951 that they were both working on this at the same time. But what makes it even more uh, interesting in, in the jazz history, you know, uh, in the jazz history, uh, laughable situations is that when it was recorded, they both were recording in, in the Los Angeles area and they were literally maybe one or two miles away from one another in studios, competing studios on competing record labels, doing the same exact uh, swinging jazz nutcracker project. One was called the uh, you know swinging jazz nutcracker with uh, Shorty Rogers and his band of uh, West Coast musicians, and then the East Coast musicians from Duke Ellington Nutcracker Suite. They they titled their album separately. So uh, they were both doing it at the same exact time. So we, we make note of that when we tell the history of this during the production and we go through each composition of the uh, Nutcracker Suite that Shorty Rogers did where, you know, he titles the, the, different, uh, the different Tchaikovsky titles turn into uh, kind of cool, jazzy sort of names and flavors. So... I just I I can't even I can't even imagine when taking it from the Tchaikovsky ballet to jazz and there are so many different areas of of they bring in the the dancers from other countries and wow this must be do you have dancers or is this just all music Well this is primarily focused just on the music because the music is just so overwhelmingly outstanding unto itself and um we haven't staged it to do anything with dancers at this point maybe sometime in the future will be a nice endeavor to do but just the music alone just is so capturing and so amazing and you'll hear these famous melodies like uh uh, from tchaikovsky's ballet like the uh the china dance you'll hear that melody rearranged for four trumpets, four trombones, six saxophones, piano, bass, and drums. And it's in that real jazz, big band sort of flavor. And it's really swinging and really, really cool. It's some awesome, as a musician, I hear the harmonies and, and the rhythms that are, you know, uh, placed into Tchaikovsky's music. And it's pretty amazing. Wow, it sounds amazing. And of course, anybody who was at the Jazz Festival this summer had the opportunity to hear the Scranton Jazz Festival Big Band under your direction. And now you are going to be, it's going to be under your direction that they're going to be presenting this. Yeah, this holiday event is is a, just a compliment to the Scranton Jazz Festival, which is always the first weekend of August every summer you know we 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 try to pair up with first friday in that first weekend and we do a nice friday saturday sunday jazz festival in downtown scranton and if you want to know any information about that that's always at scrantonjazzfestival.org and um, we always have the big band as a closing aspect with a guest artist this past year we had the scranton jazz festival big band with the famous 
award-winning four freshman vocal group. And uh, it was quite an outstanding, outstanding concert. We packed the Ritz Theater. It was amazing. And so now here we come around to the holiday season and we want to, uh, we want to do something else at the Ritz. So this jazz, swinging jazz, nutcracker thing fits in just perfectly. And wait a minute now, speaking of awards, there's an award attached to this. Oh, yeah, we, we, were, we were very uh, fortunate to win the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters Award because we did this production at WVIA, and it'll be playing during the holiday season on WVIA. So we were really fortunate to pair up with WVIA and do a, a co-production of the Swinging Jazz Nutcracker with narration that George Graham provided and the directorial uh, team led by Ben Piavis. And um, we won this Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters Award, which also put us in a category to be nominated for an Emmy Award this year. So we, we got nominated as well for this production that people will see on November 27th. We were nominated for an Emmy Award as well. So it's a, quite an honor, and uh, we're very proud about it. And you're also giving back to the Children's Advocacy Center of NEPA? Yeah, we do a toy drive, and we ask people to bring a gift and to uh, – you know, we, we give the, the toys, uh, we, we paired up with the Children's Advocacy Center. And uh, after the t- after we collect all the toys, we bin them all up, we put them in boxes and what have you. And then the Advocacy Center takes them to the needy children that they're distributing them to. So last year, we had three large tables, like those large banquet tables that you would, uh, you know, sit at, uh, at some sort of event, they were filled with toys. So it was really awesome. And some some really cool toys, you know, that I saw. So hopefully same thing will happen this year so we can help the kids. Well, I'll tell you what, it's an all-round wonderful event from every way you look at this. It's going to be a great night, a concert, a toy drive, award-winning, so different than many people have ever experienced before. So maestro, Marco Marcinko, step right up here to the microphone and you, if you don't mind, will issue the invitation, the where, the when, the tickets. Let's go. Paula, again, thank you. And uh, I invite everyone to come on Sunday, November 27th at 6 p.m. to the Swinging Jazz Nutcracker Suite performed by the Scranton Jazz Festival Big Band. And it'll be at 6 p.m. at the Ritz Theater in downtown Scranton. And if you want tickets and more information, you can go to RitzPAC, R-I-T-Z-P-A-C, RitzPAC.com for tickets and information. So please come out. We'd love to see everyone there come and experience this holiday music that's so cool and swinging. Thanks, Marco. November 27th, 6 p.m. at the Ritz Theater in downtown Scranton. Log on to ritzpac.com for information. Now we're going to find out where Steve Perillo and the NEPA Praise Band have concerts coming up to get you in the Christmas spirit and help the community. Stephen, welcome back. And you have all kinds of things coming up just in time for the holidays. So give us the dates so everybody can start planning their calendars. 
Well, the first concert's going to be on Saturday, November 26th, and it's going to be at Russell Hill United Methodist Church in Tunkhannock. Uh, the admission for that one is only food for them. And then the second concert would be the next Saturday, uh, which will be December 3rd, and that'll be at St. Paul Lutheran Church on 3309 and Mountaintop. And the admissions for that is going to be a hat and gloves for the needy kids that we're going to help out. And then the last one will be on December 9th, Friday night, and that's going to be at Moving Rivers Ministry, South Main Street in Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania. And that one is going to be gently used or new coats that benefit the homeless. All these are concerts that it will be helping the community out. We do not charge money charge at all. And they start at 6 o'clock, and the doors will open at 5.30 so that you'll get a good seat. And tell us about the concerts, because, again, people may not be familiar because you've done so many of these in the past. But for many, it might be the first time they're hearing about them. What can they expect? Well, we we have our own music. We wrote our own CD. As you know, last two years ago, we released it. Uh, we'll be doing a lot of original music. This king that came to us We're going to do sing-alongs to have people who can sing along with us and clap, and even if they wanted to dance, we actually had some people dancing at the one concert last last year we had, um, and that was a lot of fun because you can see people having the joy of Christmas, and they made, and the, they just enjoy it. Uh, comes to mind all the time. She's seventy-eight or seventy-nine, and every time I come up, she walks up to me and she pinches my cheek and she said, "You look just like Burl Ives." <laughs> like, <laughs> so. For her, I do Holly Dolly Christmas. <laughs> so, Just like and Burl I actually Ives. go down and I, <laughs> yep, and I sing, I sing to her. <laughs> she, she doesn't know what to do when I do that. But she actually got pretty um, comfortable with it now. Now she expects me to come down all the time. But uh, she, she's been coming to the concerts now for a long time. Now, does she, and, look, does she think you look like Burl Ives as Burl Ives or Burl Ives when he plays the snowman? In the in the Christmas show that's on TV every I think year, <laughs> I think the snowman because I played banjo. She's just like you know, she sounded real funny. She yelled it out the first year, like you're like Burl Ives. I'm like, oh okay, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, you know. Uh, and that's what we want to do. We want to bring the joy of Christmas to the community and not making it so stiff. You want people to be able to say, you know, I went to a concert and I enjoyed myself. I need to sit there. I got involved. Uh, and that's one of the main things that we like to do. Even when I do church services, I bring the people in the congregation into the event or program or service that we do. That they can walk away knowing something they heard or did. We remind them what we talked about that day. And when we're talking about you and the group, tell us about the NEPA Praise Band. Steve Frill and the NEPA Praise Band uh, was formed when we decided to change the name uh, because I was a solo artist. And then we decided to bring a band in place because I was traveling a lot and I wanted to stay locally. So doing that was, gave me the ability to put a band in place. And we got Robert Lott, Jay Travis, uh, Terry Redeker, David 
Laity, myself, and then once in a while we get Skyler. He's a young gentleman who plays piano fantastically at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, and he joins us once in a while when he can't. He's a unique artist, and he can just jump in literally and just watch and give us a key line, and he, he knows the song right away. Wow. So it, it's interesting that God has put those ministries together with the people that know what they're doing. Well, everything happens for a reason, and that's Absolutely. that's why we like to have you here because it's all about getting people out, getting them involved, and we want to make sure that everybody knows where you're going to be and when. So one more time, give us the dates, the times, the places, and the admission fee, which is probably the best part of everything because, again, you're helping the community. Absolutely. First concert will be Saturday, November 26th, and that'll be at 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. The doors open at 5.30, and it will be at Russell Hill United Methodist Church in Tunkhannock, right on Route 6. Um, and that one is for a food pantry. We're going to be helping the food pantry out in the Tunkhannock area. Uh, the second concert will be Saturday, December 3rd. That'll be at 6 also to 8. Doors open at 5.30, and that's at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Mountaintop on Route 309. And that one is going to be hat and gloves to help uh, young kids in need that can't afford them or have pretty bad ones that we want to replace. Last one will be Friday, December 9th, and that will be from 6 to 8 o'clock. The doors are going to open at 5.30 as well to be a good seat. And that's at Moving Rivers Ministry on South Main Street in Wilkes-Barre. And we're asking people for that one to bring in gently used or new coats to help the homeless. All these concerts will benefit the community in one way or another. History is open to anybody. If you have any questions, you can look me up on Facebook. Uh, my name is Stephen Perillo, and you'll see National Artist uh, page. And also, we like to open up to anybody to like to come to these concerts and give us ideas. We're, we're always looking for ideas to help the community out. Thanks again to Stephen Perillo and the NEPA Praise Band, getting you in the Christmas spirit and helping the community. Now, don't go away. We're going to find out about the Edwardsville Warrior Tree Project that's coming up on Sunday on Special Edition. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 
Welcome back to Special Edition. This Sunday, it's the ninth year for the Edwardsville Warrior Tree Project. Karen DeCleck is here, and she has your invitation to take part in the celebration. We're talking about the Edwardsville Warrior Tree Project. Uh, it is a community Christmas tree planted in uh, Veterans Park on Main Street in Edwardsville. Every year we decorate the tree with the recruiters and the Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, Frontier Girls. And then on Sunday, uh, the 20th, November 20th, we're going to have a lighting ceremony. We'll have a Sergeant Santa parade. We'll give a few speeches and have some military honors. And then we'll ask a, a veteran to, we'll surprise a veteran and ask him to light the tree for us. Sergeant Santa will be handing out toys. <laughs> And how long have you been doing this now? Since 2014. So this is actually our ninth annual event. Wow. And every year it just keeps yeah. getting bigger. And, and you were giving us yeah. uh, giving us some of the rundown. Give us some more information because a lot of people turn out for this event. The tree started off being eight foot tall. It's now about somewhere between 12 and 14 feet. Um, but we do have uh, the recruiters come down with their candidates. And then we have the Frontier Girls and the Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts uh, 154 come down and decorate the tree. They put all, hang all the stars on the tree that the kids from State Street uh, Elementary School in Wild Valley West painted for us years ago. On Sunday, we start at 3 p.m. on Main Street in Edwardsville. We have a small Sergeant Santa parade comes up from around Lowe's area. Come straight up Main Street to Veterans Park on the corner of Main and Church. Uh, that's at three. Then we have some military honors, which this year will be run by uh, AMVET Post 59. And we have our honor guard, which is always uh, Larksville Legion Post uh, 655. They do the taps and 21 gun salute for us. And then we start, we have a couple of guest speakers lined up this year. And we'll have some speeches. And then we release Santa, Sergeant Santa, to uh, the kids to hand out toys. And we play some music for them. And we light the tree with, uh, we surprise a veteran, and we light the tree. We're usually there from 3 p.m. to about 5 p.m. on Sunday, 11.20. That's a lot yeah. that's going to be. Yeah it, got, gonna... yeah, it got a lot bigger than when we started. We were just. Santa sitting in his chair. <laughs> what well, and, and pictures and taken for our listeners who may not know how this all started. Can you give us a little bit of the brief history of of where all this came from? Well, my son uh, Zachary Hunter joined the Marine Corps, and about when he got out of boot camp, I found out he's coming. I was able to find out that he was coming home for Christmas, but I knew other moms on Facebook, um, they were saying their boys weren't coming to hold for Christmas. So in my living room, I started a little three-foot tree, and I put on stars, cut out stars, the names of all of his boot camp brothers. We had about 105 names on the tree uh, of everyone, and I posted it to the, to the Marine moms online on Facebook, and I said, you know, tag your Marine on the tree. He's home for Christmas. And it became a big hit, and soon Marines were calling me to add their buddies' names on the onto the tree, and soldiers, and we had like all these people call and add this one to the tree, add sailors to the tree. So the next year, we had over three hundred uh, stars on my little three foot tree, 
And I basically said, Mama needs a bigger tree. And my neighbor went down to uh, Edwardsville um, City Council and got the approval. <laughs> so I gathered up a couple more Marine moms. Uh, we started off with Rachel Holsizer and Diane Kalman. And then we added uh, Mary Harkin Reader. And she's a godsend. Uh, she helps me out so much with uh, the planning and uh, prepping and getting it all together. Well, again, you're yeah. you're the lady that really makes you're a you're a maker and shaker because you've been doing this all these years. It just keeps getting mm-hmm. it just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. Of course, you're you're thanking everybody for their service. Of course. It seems to be a big hit, especially in the veteran community, the local veteran community that we have. because uh, we have big turnout of with veterans from like American Legions, VFWs, uh AMVETs, of course every year and they they seem to appreciate it because it, the tree represents all of the holidays that they miss at home when they were serving and it also for the ones who are serving now and we like to have the recruiters candidates come down to decorate the tree and come to, to the lighting ceremony because then they're being sent off with a bunch of community support for them so they know you know, that they have support. They have love from the community to do what they do. Do I understand that you also have something else new for the tree this year that uh, from Texas? Do you have new bows? My good friend Amy Jewett lives in Texas and every year she donates bows for the tree topper. We didn't need them for a couple of years because the bows were in good shape. But uh, this year we had to get four brand new bows for it. So she was nice enough to... Uh, to order those for us. And we picked them up at Barbara's Floral in Nanico. You did a great job. They do a great job on the bows every year for us. So again, it's not just that it's this area that you're touching all the way to mm-hmm. Texas oh, is yeah. reaching out oh, to yeah. help. We had uh, a couple years ago, every once in a while, some, some Marines will come and visit. The Marines I know, like the veteran Marines, they'll come and visit from different states. I've had Marine moms come and visit from different states. Amy was one of them. So we just have a lot of support within our Marine family, of course, uh, and they're from everywhere. You know, we got Georgia, we've got New Jersey, Kentucky, uh, New York, Texas, everywhere. So it's always nice to see some of them um, coming up. Uh, We have Ohio. Uh, He came in the one year, uh, one of the friends from Ohio and, and one of Marine mother that lives by him. They came up for a year. Well, it's always nice. It's always nice to see these faces that I've known forever on Facebook, but I get to see them in person. It's not only Marines either. You have no, 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 no. This is every branch. Yeah. Yeah, every branch. This is for every branch Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, and Space Force, but we don't have any recruiters for them around here. But we, we honor all of them and all of the holidays that they miss at home. Mary's daughter, uh, Candace, she, she missed a few Christmases, too, when she was deployed. For us to grow like this, uh, we've also, we started off just as moral support, and now we find ourselves helping homeless veterans with, uh, we kind of teamed up with Best Post 5-9 and FSB Initiative, and we go out, well, my husband mostly goes out to with them to find homeless veterans. So they go out into the woods and they look for camps and uh, help get them off the street. Veteran service officer, uh, Mike Price, he he helps get them their benefits from the VA for housing. 
And if we can't get them off the streets, we give them like clothes, boots, whatever that they need. Uh, we take them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, and even like the regular homeless, we'll help them out too with some clothes and stuff, blankets, whatever that they need for the winter coming up. Karen, I'm going to turn it over to you so that all of our listeners know when all this is happening, they can get the word out. They can come uh, themselves and enjoy also how folks can get in touch with you. If you're talking about getting involved in other things, they'd like to help in those areas as well. Right. We're always recruiting new people to help us out. November 20th at starting at 3 p.m. We have the Sergeant Santa Parade. We have the military honors. We have some guest speakers. We have a DJ with music and we surprise a veteran and he lights the tree for us on Sunday. It's a great day. It's up in just like one or two hours. Come on out. Uh, Santa has toys, some toys for the kids uh, while supplies last, you know, um, bring your kids down, take photos uh, and have a, a cute little gift, just a little gift. Thanks again to Karen and all her helpers who put on a great program every year. This the ninth year for the Edwardsville Warrior Tree Project happening this Sunday. Now, next, we have a program for Tuesday and Wednesday of this coming week. Megan Loftus, president and CEO of Friends of the Poor, and Linda Robeson, the chairperson of the Family to Family program, have the details for the 46th Friends of the Poor Thanksgiving dinner and 36th Family to Family program Tuesday and Wednesday in Lackawanna County. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving, and what would Thanksgiving be without the Friends of the Poor Thanksgiving dinner and also family to family? And that's where we're going to start. Linda Robeson, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm excellent. Now, tell us what you have coming up. So the Family to Family program, of course, is we're in our 36th year already, um, and certainly starting from our very humble beginnings of 640 families fed, we are now preparing to feed 3,500 families this year. And of course, with the way the economy is going and, you know, still kind of recovering from the pandemic, um, we just feel that our need is greater than ever this year. All right. And how is it going to work this year? I know things have changed because of the fact that we got through COVID and you guys did an awesome job. So how is it going to work this year? So this year, we're actually going back to the Scranton Cultural Center, which is where we were pre-pandemic. Now, we're still going to go with our drive-through format. So, um, you know, anybody who is nervous about coming into the Cultural Center, everything is going to be held outside. We will be able to accommodate people who are walking in from, from downtown Scranton. They'll be able to walk to the front of the Cultural Center and we'll have a meal. We'll have everything ready for them right there. But the majority of the people will go through the drive-through and we will just have multiple people filling multiple cars at a time. So we hope it runs as smoothly, you know, as we've run our previous drive-throughs, but we're not quite ready to go back inside to do everything. And we've discovered we're pretty efficient when we do a drive-through format. So for right now, we're going to stick with that. And just to refresh everybody's memory, how does the drive-through work? 
Well, they are going to have, we are going to have a staging area that is going to be at Lackawanna College. And we actually have a professional road crew that is going to be taking care of traffic. So people, when they get into our area, because we are going to have a couple of blocks lined up, there should be plenty of signage and people directing traffic. So just so they know if they kind of head towards Lackawanna College and the block of Washington Avenue, they should be directed right from there. Um, and then we will be just be outside the front of the cultural center, um, kind of all along the cultural center there to load all of the cars. And folks don't have to get out of their vehicles. You're doing everything. No, no, we will have somebody who's going to be registering them, you know, which by registration, we just mean asking for a name and how many people are in their family. Um, But once they get to the cultural center, we just ask them to pop the trunk. They don't have to get out. We load everything and, um, you know, try and make it as smooth as possible for them. All right. And how about the the day and the time and what time they should start being there and, and all those kind of things? So we know people try and line up a little bit early. Um, we won't start our distribution until nine o'clock. We're going to run from nine until five or um, until our food runs out. Now, like I said, we are prepared for uh, 3,500 families. The distribution for family to family is on Wednesday, November 23rd. Um, and again, from nine until five. Now, the other big thing that we have um, is that we're asking for a lot more money this year um, because the price of turkeys have almost doubled um, from 99 cents per pound two years ago to an average of $2.49 per pound this year. So our goal is over $200,000 this year. So we're counting on the generosity of our community once again to help us reach that goal. And how can we help you there as far as getting that to you? Well, we have several ways you can donate. Um, One of them is if you want to mail in a check, um, Family to Family, P.O. Box 13, Scranton, Pennsylvania, 18501. And then you can also go to Friends of the Poor, Scranton.org, and just look for the Family to Family drop-down box, and you can donate online. And the other thing I have to ask is, do you still need volunteers? We love our volunteers because, of course, none of this can happen without our our volunteers. So um, I have told people that they can contact me through our Family to Family Facebook page, and they can also contact Ann Williams at um, Friends of the Poor. She kind of coordinates our volunteers, um, but we need we need volunteers throughout the entire day. <laughs> family to family, we we have all the information for the 23rd. And now, thank you, Linda. Now we're going to turn over to the microphone and we're going to say hello to Megan Loftus. And Megan, you always throw a party. So what do you have planned for Thanksgiving this year? We have our 46th annual Thanksgiving community dinner for adults and elderly. So we are planning on our Thanksgiving dinner on Tuesday, November 22nd. Um, Unfortunately, it does have to be a takeout meal again because we are unable to um, have everybody safely inside for a sit-down meal again just due to the pandemic. And we just want to be as as safe and have as many precautions as we can because we understand it's a vulnerable population that we're serving. And so while we want to get back to the sit down as soon as we can, it's just, it's not the time for it yet. So um, again, we'll be on Tuesday, November 22nd, and we're going to start doing the takeouts at about 2.30 in the afternoon. And we're going to go until 5.30 or we run out of meals and we will have 
3,500 meals prepared. Wow. And you're you're right up there with Linda as far as the growing need and the growing quantity of all these things. And how will how will the uh, distribution then work on Tuesday? So what we'll do is uh, we still have the same community partners that we've had in years past and even some new additions. So we have Marywood University, the University of Scranton, Lackawanna College and the Hilton all helping us cook the food. And when we bring the food back to the cultural center, we'll pack it into takeout containers. Um, Our first shift will be about 1,500 meals that we're going to deliver to the low-income high-rises with Junior League of Scranton. And then the remaining 2,000 meals will be outside of the cultural center at 2.30. And as individuals either walk up or drive up, we will hand them to them. Um, Volunteers will hand out the dinners that way. And last year, I think we did about 3,500 meals as well. And we did run out a little bit early. But, you know, this is kind of our capacity where we are not able to cook anymore because we're already using pretty much every commercial kitchen in the city. So we don't, we can't make any more meals, but we encourage anyone who, you know, has family or or other people to share a meal with to come the next day for the the family to family event and get the groceries and and enjoy, you know, cooking the meal and, and sharing the meal with their family the next day. And as far as the distribution for yours is concerned, where is that going to take place again? And also the times, because as Linda had mentioned, you know, people like to line up early. So what is uh, what are your parameters? So we are also at the Scranton Cultural Center from 2.30 to 5.30. Uh, no one, we're not able to take any cars lining up prior to 2 o'clock. We have the same generous offer of a, a parking company or traffic control company who's going to help us with traffic control. So hopefully... It'll be a lot smoother this year, um, and I, I still suggest if you have if you don't have serious business going on downtown Scranton that day and that time to try to avoid those couple city blocks. We will do our best uh, to to get through everybody as quickly as we can and as efficiently as we can, and just ask that nobody line up before two o'clock um, because we we just don't have the the parking or the ability to to stage cars before that. And again, yours also. No one has to get out of their vehicle. Nope, no one has to get out of their vehicle. We will be able to serve people who want to walk up or who don't have a vehicle, but we encourage everyone who has a car or has the ability to drive up to do so because we're just able to serve people that much quicker and and move through the line and respect everybody's time that way. And now we have to find out what's on the menu. Well, it is our traditional Thanksgiving dinner. So, of course, we will have uh, turkey and gravy and stuffing and mashed potatoes. Um, We'll have vegetables. We'll have pie. Uh, we also have a Gertrude Hawk candy bar and a roll and some cranberry. And then to top it all off, uh, some wonderful students from the area are putting together some beautiful Thanksgiving cards and well wishes that we'll be able to include in the bag as well, just as a little pick me up. And I know, again, as Linda said, that the donations are also so important this year. And I'm sure the same goes for your dinner. Yes, you know. For us, um, the bird flu really impacted us because we typically would get 80, 35-pound turkeys to cook, and there are just no 35-pound turkeys. So we had to get 160, 20-pound turkeys this year. We we ordered them just as early as Linda did, and, you know, we got some good pricing locked in. But when we realized that we had to order more, um, you know, we had to pay $3.99 a pound for those additional turkeys. So costs are really up, um, and the need is, is pretty great. So... We're really relying on the community and, and the generosity that the community shows us year after year to keep this tradition going. I mean, it's it's the 46th year this 
this dinner predates our actual agency. It's the first ministry that Sister Adrian really started in the area. And so we're kind of, you know, relying on, on our community like we have done for the nearly 50 years and, and hoping that, you know, it just is just as much of a success this year as it has been every other. So how can people make donations? So you can go to our website, friendsofthepoorscranton.com, um, or you can send a check to our office. Our administrative office is 2300 Adams Avenue. Uh, it's Scranton 18509. Or you can call everybody's favorite, Ann Williams. Um, her number is 570-340-6086. And she handles donations. She handles volunteers. Um, you know, she's, she's our resident chatter. So if, if you've got questions, if you've got, you know, any concerns about the dinner, or if you just need somebody to talk to and your girl. Not only that, she's just an all-around great lady. She's a keeper. <laughs> she is. She is a keeper. Absolutely. Just like you both. And Linda, I didn't ask you, what's on your menu this year? Well, again, like Megan said, everything for a traditional dinner. So we have, we have, of course, our 14 to 16 pound turkey. We have potatoes, yams, cranberry sauce green beans, we give a bag of apples, um, stuffing, and a pie. And I feel like I'm missing something, but it's basically just about everything you need for a full Thanksgiving dinner. Well, it sounds like it's all going to be perfect once again. And Linda, while I have you in front of the microphone, I'm going to ask you to once again, just go over the details for us for the 23rd for Family to Family. Then we'll turn it back over to Megan and she can reiterate for the 22nd. So Linda, it's all yours. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. And again, I would like to take this opportunity to thank everybody in advance for volunteering and for your generosity to help us raise, you know, over $200,000. But the family to family event will be on Wednesday, November 23rd. Uh, We will start serving at nine o'clock until five o'clock or unfortunately until we run out. And um, it will be a drive-through format. If you live in downtown Scranton, you can certainly walk up. We will have people who can accommodate you as well, but we strongly encourage everybody to do the walk or the drive-through if they're able, because it does run very efficiently and you may have to wait a little bit, but we try and get everybody through as quickly as possible. But we also want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. So, All right. So now I'm, I'm going to have you pick up your turkey there and move over to the side just a little bit so we can have room for <laughs> Megan to come in now and get in front of the microphone and run over everything for the 22nd. The 22nd will be the Friends of the Poor 46th Annual Thanksgiving Community Dinner. We will be doing providing takeouts to anybody who can walk up or drive through uh, from 2.30 to 5.30 outside the Scranton Cultural Center. Right before that, the Junior League of Scranton will be helping us deliver 1,500 meals to those senior citizens living in low-income high-rises. So altogether, we'll give about 3,500 Thanksgiving meals out, um, as well as uh, candy bars and, and rolls and cranberry and beautiful cards from local students. So um, it's not the same, you know, sit down camaraderie event that we're used to. Um, we're still suffering some of those pandemic restrictions, but we're trying to make it as nice as we can and, and hope to get back together in the next year or so. And once again, Megan, the information, the important information about making those donations. You can go to friendsofthepoorscranton.com and click on make a donation, or you can call Ann Williams at 570-340-6086. And finally, if you're old school and you like to just write that check, then you can just write a check and send it to 2300 Adams Avenue, Granton, PA, 18509. 
That's Friends of the Poor President and CEO Megan Loftus and the chairperson of the Family to Family program, Linda Robeson, with all the details on the 46th Friends of the Poor Thanksgiving dinner coming to the Scranton Cultural Center this Tuesday and the 36th Family to Family program also at the Scranton Cultural Center. That is happening on Wednesday. And of course, you can find out all the information by going to the Friends of the Poor Scranton Facebook page or their website. Up next, a new program geared for those 15 to 18 considering a career in law enforcement. We'll give you the details on the Hill Impact Program next on Special Edition. Next on Special Edition, Pennsylvania State Police Master Trooper David Peters joins us. He's with Troop N. Hazelton, and he has the details on the Hill Impact Program. It's a new program geared for those 15 to 18 years of age considering a career in law enforcement. It gets underway in January. Trooper Peters, you have another program coming up, and this one is geared toward, again, young people interested in law enforcement. Give us the details. Kind of looking back and and finding individuals that have come through Camp Cadet that are interested in law enforcement, we sort of took a look and realized that after Camp Cadet, age 14, 15, there really isn't anything that helps prepare those young people that are interested in such a career uh, until they get to college. Um, so we, we wanted to bridge that gap um, and to create a program, almost like a career-ready type thing for them, where they're going to learn things, um, not just that will help them in the job or pursue the career, I should say, but also the other aspects that people don't really get into, like the physical fitness aspects, the, the paramilitary regimentation and, and, and things of that nature, uh, and, as well as keep them on the, the path, uh, the right path, so they don't go and commit you know, something uh, illegal or anything like that, that would jeopardize their chances of getting into the, either the military or law enforcement. So who exactly are you looking for then? Is there an age range? Yeah, so we're looking for individuals that are ages 15 to 18. Um, it's a program, unlike Camp Cadet, where you can only go once. This is a program they can keep coming back year after year until they age out at 19. And then obviously our hope is that you know, they're very serious about the career and they would jump into the senior version of this, which is that Law and Leadership Academy that runs from like 19 to age uh, 40, actually. So now you're looking toward this 15 to 18 year group. And is there a certain number that can be because you mentioned coming back again? So do, do you sign up once and then have to each time or how does that work? Yeah, so they would have to reapply each year. Um, and the, the goal is to build curriculums around what year someone is in there. Obviously, the first year being just the basic uh, awareness type of things and then building on those aspects, you know, if somebody's been in the program four years, you know, we, want, we don't want redundant information for them. We want to start building them in, into things like leadership uh, type of thing, team building skills, things that obviously, no matter what their career path shall be, hopefully it's law enforcement, that they're tools that they can take away uh, so they can uh, better fit the career they're looking for. Are there prerequisites in order to get into this? No, we just really ask that it's somebody who's, you know, whether they're considering law enforcement because of what we're going to try to teach there and what we're going to try to build off of. But, you know, we just basically ask someone who's interested in to apply, possibly, you know, get a, a recommendation from a teacher or a guidance counselor. Uh, it's a free program. Um, and again, one they can stay in and uh, 
learn about themselves, build that physical fitness aspect if it's something uh, they're looking to do as well. So now you have a group of students and you mentioned the fact that it's going to be a paramilitary program aspect. So what exactly does that mean? Well, obviously the state police is a paramilitary organization. So we march everywhere we go. We have what we would refer to as military courtesy and a hierarchy of structure where rank is involved, um, saluting, uh, you know, marching, squaring corners. It's very attention to detail orientation. And this program is actually just like our law and leadership is partnered with the PA National Guard. Um, so the individuals from the Guard would be conducting all the military uh, courtesy and drill aspects of the, of the program. And where is it going to be held? It's going to be held at the Kingston Armory. It's right next to Kirby Park. It's uh, Monday evenings from 5.30 to 8, so it's only one day a week, and four Saturdays through the 14-week program. And you mentioned the fact that it's free, but it would be good to have some kind of a recommendation when you are applying. And how does the application process work? Uh, Well, we've we've been in the process of getting mail to all the schools where they can contact me. Uh, My email address is Peters P-E-T-E-R-S, at PA.gov or they can contact me at the Hazleton station, which is area code 570-459-3900. And my extension is 269. And I can email them an application if they haven't been able to get one at their local school. All right. And again, we're going to wrap it up. So what I'd like you to do, if you would, Trooper Peters, is go ahead and give us all the information one more time. And also the important date that the applications have to be in by. Yeah, so again, it's a, it's a youth program for someone interested in law enforcement. It's a continuing program when they can stay in year after year until they age out at 19. So we're looking for 15 to 18-year-olds that are very interested in pursuing a career in law enforcement, whether that's with the state or local, even the federal level. It's more geared to someone trying to learn uh, about the career as well as an academy-style learning environment. They have until the end of November, November 30th, to apply. The program is set to kick off Janu- in uh, the first week of January, January 6th and run all the way through April. Anything you think we may have missed that uh, our listeners need to know so they can pass on the information to those interested? No, just uh, contact me if they have any questions. I'm very open about the program and and the challenges that it may face some young people. Again, we want to encourage them to uh, apply if, if it is a career that they're looking into. Thanks for listening to Special Edition a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 